Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is Beretta. G'day, Corey. Um, as you said, another quickfire podcast, and we are going to get straight into it. But before we do, welcome Bonfire, the third member of the team. Choo-choo! That's right, brother. The Bombs Express is back. And uh, on the agenda today is my boys, the Blue Boys, and also your boys, uh, the Mighty Pies. So uh, before we get stuck into those, Corey, let the listeners know where they can hit us up on social media. Find us on Twitter at SC Elite. We're also on the podcast channel on iTunes, Facebook, and SoundCloud at Supercoach Elite. And boys, it's not a podcast I'm looking forward to doing because used to about to cream your pants, I'm pretty sure. Bombs has about six or seven North players, or I mean North, uh, some North. Blues players, um, and Brett's whole team is Collingwood with the captain locked in on to going nice and early, so uh, this should be a nice and fun podcast. Uh, we'll probably go for a little bit longer than normal, because trying to get you to, two to stop talking about your respective teams will be a little bit tough, but um, we'll kick straight into it. For those who haven't hit, hit the first podcast, it's all about uh, cash cows into our mid-prices who could break out into our primos followed by some outlandish statements that we'll make by either team so uh, it'll be pretty fun with these two we'll start with our rookies slash cash cow option um, and we'll start with you Bont since it is the Carlton podcast first uh, the rookie cash cow option uh, I cannot go past this pick Cameron O'Shea um, what will we pick him up in as some like delisted free agent type pick or preseason draft, whatever the hell it was. Um, anyways, he's got to the club. Um, Doherty's gone down. Um, O'Shea, gee, he fits uh, he fits Doherty's role uh, quite perfectly. I think his his average mid seventies in the past, both in two thousand and thirteen and two thousand and fourteen, he had more poorer seasons during two thousand and fifteen and sixteen when he averaged in the fifties. Um, but I'm relatively confident. Um, at 166,000, we can see something up around that 70 mark uh, in terms of average from him this year. Just really struggled to find his way into that Port Adelaide team, um, you know, towards that back end. They had a couple classy defenders and, yeah, just couldn't get in. So O'Shea is the one with me as well. I think Carlton, they'll probably bleed a bit of use this year. Um, I liked Paddy Dow. Um, I do like Garlett, but um, I think O'Shea will get the bat from the get-go um, and won't look back and will be one of those cash cows that, that if you don't have him, you'll probably fall behind in cash generation, like I know all too well from last year. Bretto, who is yours, mate? Yeah, O'Shea as well. Uh, Doherty down. Um, should should come into the team, and I think he'll be almost one of the most selected players at the start of the season. Bonfa, you're the Carlton expert. Um, mm. I wouldn't say expert, but, you know, there's other <laughs> Is there... Who would be your next one behind O'Shea that you would suggest people keep an eye on? Uh, in terms of rookies? Yeah, or cash cow, cash generating. Players. Yeah, yeah, cash cow. Um, well, gee, there are two other ones. I think Jared Garlett's the one you kind of got to watch um, and, and track his preseason a little bit. I haven't heard a hell of a lot from him. It was a bit of a surprise uh, selection, I think, with our last pick in the national draft. Um, obviously, uh, used to play for Gold Coast, got himself into, well, into a, you know, his life situation sort of said that he had to sort of move away from footy, but now he's come back in with, uh, hopefully a little bit more of a level head, uh, on him and hopefully he can make impact at AFL level. He's 117,000 as a mid forward option. The other one I'm kind of looking at is Lockie O'Brien at 162,000, um, available as a defender midfielder who we picked up with our number 10 pick, um. But above both of those, I think uh, there's there's only one other man that you probably want from the Blues in terms of a, a rookie price, and that is our first draft pick this year, Paddy Dow. Uh, selected a pick number three. 
just an absolute contested animal, um, just fires handballs away from contests like you wouldn't believe and just sets plays up. Um, well, I, I think we've got really something special in terms of a player here. I think, um, you know, he is priced, obviously, in high 100,000s. Can he make 200,000? He might be pushing that. Um, but in terms of uh, cash cows, I think that's the best the Blues have to offer. Thanks, man. That was nice and in-depth, really, given the listen to. <laughs> to. I really enjoyed it. Um, and, look, I'm going to go back to you again. Like I said, the Carlton expert, the mid-pricer, who are we going with? Um, well, jeez. This guy here, he has been the wallpaper on my uh, desktop computer for a, for a little over a year now. I can't get enough of him. Charlie Kerno. Um, his, his second half of the year last year was so, so, so good. Um, in terms of Supercoach average, in his Supercoach average in his last nine, he averaged ninety-two point seven, which is absolutely huge. And he's averaged at a uh, sorry, he's priced at an average of seventy-four this year. Um, now all the talk is is that he will spend more midfield bidders. Now I don't know if this is going to be good or bad for him because he does take a lot of marks. Uh, well, that's what he did in the second half of last year, anyway. You know, a lot of games where he took eleven, ten, nine, eight marks. Um, sort of games like that, playing a real Nick Rewalt type role uh, that we saw him do later in his career um i'm really excited about charlie kerno um look if he can if he can continue to take marks i think he's gonna absolutely um take this club forward uh charlie kerno and look will he break out this year i'm just not too sure what the midfield minutes are going to do whether it's going to increase or decrease um as i touched on because of all the the marks that he has been taking but um look i can only see natural improvement for him and and think that his 74 average of last year you know could well and truly bump up to around 90 plus not bad. He has been in a fair few teams early as well, so there's not really much I can touch on for that. You, you've definitely given the listeners what they needed. Bretta, across to you, your mid-pricer. Uh, mine's also Charlie Kerno. As Bonfa said, the second half of the season, he was just a more confident, more aggressive player, and he really imposed himself on contests and stuff like that. And we went from seeing him have games where he had like seven disposals, eight disposals, to... Um, having those numbers where he's having like 18 touches, 22 touches, marks, and he, he just got the ball around the ground and stuff like that, which was really, really important for super coach numbers. He's a different player to, than what he was when he was just jumping at packs at the start of the season. Look, I don't mind it. Um, for me, I'm going a little bit left to field because I had a feeling someone would be going Kerno. Um, mine's Jacob Wiedering. 353,000. I think he'll go back down back. He loves an intercept mark. He's a big presence. He had a freak first year. Um, they experimented him with a lot last year. I think the Blues are definitely on the up, and he's a long-term player who's got like who's going to be a freak of the competition for the rest of his life, and he plays his best football in defence. He will be that kind of Alex Ransom mould for the future. Um, he may not break out this year. I mean, 353, um, it would be a big punt and you'd have to take a big risk. Uh, but for me, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Weeders went to the next level. Bumps, the next half an hour for you. Uh, your premium <laughs> Just, Just uh, one, Bumps, just one. You know what? I, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't even want to select one Carlton uh, premium, premium player. Oh, before this no, I'm joking. That's so only a joke. That up. is only a joke. Here we go. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. And I actually found it. I actually found it uh, a little bit hard with without Dockers because Dockers is the absolute uh, go-to. Anyways, um, look, it has. To, it just has to be Kate Simpson for me. This bloke at five hundred and sixteen thousand, obviously available as a defender. 
Um, he's only missed five games since the year 2009. That's inclusive of that year. That is absolutely phenomenal. So he's got the longevity about him. Now, the thing as well, not only has he only missed five games, but since 2009, his lowest average in a full year since then is only 92.5. So if you can tell me that I can pick up a defender who's going to average at least 92.5, you know, 516,000, and he's going to play virtually every game, I want to lock that in and just leave that on my field for the entire year. So um, Cade Simpson's a premium for me. Yeah, don't mind it, don't mind it. Have you got Cade in your team at the moment? I certainly do, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Breda, across to you, you Carlton Prima. Uh, I'm going to go with the premium at Carlton that uh, Bomfer doesn't rate, if you'd listen to our past uh, podcast, the most <laughs> recent one. Uh, Paddy Cripps, the guy who, again, I'll say it again, Bomfer doesn't rate and thinks he's a very average footballer. Um, priced quite nicely, a little bit cheaper than Dane Beams, who Bomfer rates very highly. And um, yeah, just saying it again, Bomfer does not rate Paddy Cripps, just in case anybody's missed out in the last podcast. But the guy's a contested ball machine. He's healthy in. We've seen it before. He had his average deep into the hundreds, into the hundred before. Um, contest the ball, big body, um, getting to what twenty two years old, twenty one, twenty two years old now. So he's in that mold where he can take over games and for for his price and for his I think output. I think even though you, yeah, just genuinely he's the he's the highest ceiling Carlton player by quite a distance. I know K is more of a safe pick, but I think a game changes Cruz. Yeah, I love Peter Cripps as well. I've got him, um, I've got him in my team at the moment. Uh, but for me, it's it's Cruiser. Um, we've seen all three of us had him. All three of us were on him early, halfway through last year, um, and we've seen what he can do week in, week out. He's a dominant ruckman who just wins ball around the ground. Now, we've always talked about injury as a main worry, but he kind of put that behind him last year and moved forward. I don't think Cruz is getting the attention he deserves. One, because his price is so high. And two, because we have Gorn and Nick Natanui there. Now, seeing a statement the other day where apparently Gorn's nowhere even near back to where they thought... Oh, not Gorn, sorry. Nick Nat's nowhere near where they thought he would be at at this stage. He's still on light duties and barely even jumping. So... I think as the season gets closer and more news about Nick Nat's coming out, we're going to have to find a way to go to someone else. And I think Cruiser is going to be the most ideal. Yes, he is expensive. Yes, no Ruckman has ever... Oh, sorry, hasn't backed up back-to-back top number one Ruckman position since uh, Dean Cox done it. But I think Cruiser can and will be number one again, fighting it out with Gorn. So um, I think there's more chance of Cruiser repeating the big score last year than any of those other players like your rider. Um, you know, Goldie was up there as well. Oh, sorry, Goldie, not Goldie. Um, Mum. Grundy, Grundy. Um, Grundy. Yeah, and I think that Cruz will, yeah, is probably my front runner for the number one Ruckman come into the year. And I just don't think that he's getting enough respect and is almost a great point of difference to be having right now. Um, he's got nothing to worry about. They bring... Who was the ruckman they bring across from? Matt Loby. Yeah, they bring Loby across. I ask you about that. But I don't see Loby having an impact. Like, when was the last time Matthew Loby was good? He couldn't even crack the number one ruckman at Port Adelaide when Ryder wasn't even playing. Like... I don't. I think that is just a best case of a worst case scenario than bringing Matthew Loby across. They he wouldn't be on a big contract, so that's just just in case Cruiser goes down. We've got another big body that can just come in and and, and turn the wheel for us. But I'm really sold on Cruz. Did Andrew Phillips play last year at all? No. Oh well, if he if he didn't, I didn't even notice it to be honest. But no, I don't think so. Yeah. 
I figure if he got games at all, one or two, even Lobie would probably get games this year. But I don't know if it'll be enough to affect Cruiser. Look, I just I like, I just... I like the right aspect, one out, like pretty much guaranteed. Yeah, I I think the thing that you can you can guarantee in the Carlton lineup is that Cruz will be the number one ruckman um, and the only ruckman playing yeah. in the team. I think they they are going to go so hard with Harry Mackay this year and actually give him some games um, that it, it it just means they can't play. Kerno, Casbol, Mackay, another Ruckman, and Cruiser. Um, so I think you, you've got uh, Cruiser, Sol Ruck. Um, so I don't think you have anything to worry about there. I expect as we get closer to the season, players like Ryder and Cruiser, you know, Grundy, even you touched on it last podcast, Jacobs, I think their ownership's going to rise, and I think Nick Nats is going to fall pretty dramatically. Um, into the questions, boys. Is there any. Uh, so this is Benny P. Blues. Uh, Blue Sporter. Uh, is there any point putting either Matt Kennedy or David Cunningham in my team? Uh, David Cunningham, no. Um, Matt Kennedy, I, I like him at his price point, but I mean, you're paying 350 odd thousand for someone who could potentially, what at best, average 80, I'm guessing. Um, probably won't even reach that sort of height. So um, I don't think you're going to make enough money out of Kennedy, and I certainly don't think Cunningham to warrant their selections. Um, Kennedy's the one you consider. Uh, three fifty, I guess, if you'd put your whole team together and you had three hundred and sixty thousand to spend on a midfielder, and you were completely desperate. Um, I guess he's a bit of a stopgap, but I wouldn't be looking to fit him in, get out of the goal, but out of my way to fit him in. Yeah, I don't. Think I... I'd... Oh, sorry, you go. No, no, no. Go ahead. You... I just said I don't think I'd be going either. Can I just raise uh, one one question for Brett? So Brett said before that I don't rate now. I certainly do rate Paddy Cripps. I absolutely do not believe a word that he says. Um, but the thing is, so with Paddy Chris, now there's a lot of talk. He's going to spend a lot more time forward now. So with players like, you know, they brought in Lang and Kennedy and they recruited Dow and O'Brien. I know Gibbs left. Um, are you concerned at all, Britta, about how much um, Cripps is going to be able to play through the midfield and potentially have those really big games where he goes 150 kind of consistently through the year? No, because the best midfielders get bulk yeah. minutes. You look at... That's you look at... Um, or like your Callies, your Clayton, all of those other young midfielders that just dominate. They all just play bulk midfield minutes. Zach Merritt, they don't come out. like They take out the ones. Like, say Geelong, your danger field pretty much stays in there unless it's deep fourth quarter. They need goals. Like, your Mitch Duncan comes out. Yeah, Menangola comes out. They're the ones that will miss. Cripps won't miss. See, I don't, I don't agree with that. I reckon Martin and Dangerfield play a hell of a lot forward. This is my... Cripps, Cripps yeah, but can Cripps play forward? Hang on, this is my, yeah, no, my counter-argument to all this. I mean, I know we're all three yelling at each other. The best players in the comp go rest forward, and then they don't hit the bench. So Dangerfield does it. Yeah, uh, Martin does it. Uh, Kennedy from Sydney does it. They don't hit the point. So there is a talk of Cripps going forward, but the bloke's already got the tank to do it. So he can go forward, rest forward, and doesn't have to go to the bench. That's forward straight back to the midfield. Um, I think that that helps his super coach score by at least probably five points a game. That that state, like not that statement, but if that actually happens and he's put into practice, I'm more bullish on that doing better for him than I am for worse. See, I'm the opposite. I think I think with Cripps spending more time forward hinders his ability to score better. But do you think that's that that's going to be the same minutes? So I think, think he still plays play the same minutes. So I, I think, think he plays think he the plays same minutes. Increased minutes. Yeah, no. So I'm on, forward. Yes, I'm on the view of same minutes, more time spent in the forward line than, than in the midfield. Yeah. I can't see Carlton doing that. Not after losing Bryce Gibbs. 
they want Cripps in the middle as much as they can. Yeah, he's too vital to that team. Anyway, uh, Mike, who's another Blue supporters, Mike B90, big Charlie Kerno, worth worth it. Are you saying yes or no to that, Bumps? You reckon he's worth the punt? Uh, as, as a forward three option, not any higher than a forward three option. Right. I'll say no. He's just yeah, the best of the, no the well. options. I think we've got plenty, plenty there um, to offer up rather than, you know, selecting him. Uh, better hit the Facebook questions as well. Uh, no Doherty or Gibbs will make things interesting. Oh, sorry, that was a reply to someone. Okay, not really much. Uh... This is a good question, actually. Uh, who gets Doc's role? O'Shea, Mallet, O'Brien, um, and whose spot will Garlet take? Uh, I can't really see Garlet playing too early, but that—that's the the Doc role. Who's going to get more influence out of him being gone? Because Mallet's in there now. Yeah, is I reckon that Mallet takes like the like? and stuff. So, bombs. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I think what happens is that there'll be a combination of players that kind of just go through in and will kind of rotate through wing and half back. So, um, you know, Mullet, um, you know, O'Shea, you know, they've they've injected you know players like Lang and, and this and these sort of um, players coming in as well. I don't think it's you know Doherty out. Someone just comes in and kind of becomes the general. What I do um, think happens though is that Cade Simpson uh, takes on more of a leadership role um, through the back six. And there'll be, you know, an additional player or two that kind of come through and try and fill um, that kind of intercept uh, role. And I think O'Shea, Mullet, Simpson, um, you know, these are the kinds of players that you're going to see sort of doing it as well. You may even see, look, one player, and we spoke about mid-price before, but Lockie Plowman's start to last year was absolutely phenomenal. And it would not surprise me at all to see Lockie Plowman um, touching the ball a hell of a lot more with, with Doherty kind of going down. So instead of playing more of a, a defensive lockdown role, he becomes a little bit more attacking. Yep. All right. Beautiful. Let's move on to our outlandish statement. Bonfa, we'll start with you. Uh, my outlandish statement, Harry Mackay will end up top three in the NAB AFL Rising Star. Brother. Matthew Kennedy to average over 90. Poor. Don't mind that. Uh, Cade Simpson doesn't finish as a top six defender. Yeah, don't mind that. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the pies. And we'll start with you, Bretta. Your Collingwood rookie, please, and go. Uh, oh, can I say Jordan Ngoi rookie? Like, is that committed? <laughs> is that a thing? No. Um, oh, hang on. I had one. I've completely... Oh, Sam Murray. See what Sam Murray does. I think they brought him across as a mature age guy. Um, good ball user off the halfback flank. Maynard wants to play midfield, and... He's been living in that role, using it deep in the back line. So I think if that does happen, does eventuate, and Maynard does push in the midfield, it does open a slot for someone like a Murray to come in and be a deep ball user because Lord knows the Pies need someone who can kick out of the back line. Don't mind it. Bonfer? Um, uh, for me, I'm just going to go safe. I don't know much about um, any of these Collingwood kind of rookies apart from what I've seen of uh, Jaden uh, Stephenson or Stevenson, whoever you pronounce his name, um, pick number six. But look, the thing is, is he injured again or, is, or did he just have an injury riddled um, TAC Cup and all the rest of it? But yeah, it just seems like whether Collingwood take with their first pick is he's uh, kind of always injured. But yeah, if he's fine and healthy. Ah, that's what it was. Poor bugger. Okay, yeah, so look, um, yeah, look, if he can get himself onto the park and in round one, he's going to be someone that's going to be pretty hard to turn down given his uh, forward mid eligibility um, as well. So Jaden Stephenson at 180k for me. All news is impressing very rarely as well. Um, look, Miocek 
is one I don't mind. The mature defender that the Pies picked up, they lack a lot of depth down back. Um, and tall stock, he's not going to score a lot, but that's one there. The other one that could break out was a uh, uh, top pick last year, Sammy McClarty. Um, we took him, I think it was late in the second, after we traded hard for Trelaw, so didn't have a first-round pick. I think he went around the pick 30 mark, so um, the, he's he's a deaf boy. Um, I don't know if that makes things harder for him out on the footy field, but he seemed to have a pretty promising junior career. Um, I was watching one of the early Collingwood videos, and they, he was shooting hoops, and they were calling, uh, calling him Deaf Curry. Um, That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was pretty amusing. Um, but yeah, he's he's a big boy in his junior days. Like to take an intercept mark. Been in the system for a year, so knows how to train. I think he could make his way into a pie squad at some stage during the season. Um, and Bretta, your mid pricer, and this could go on for a couple of hours. Just so you know, Bonfo. Yeah, well, he let me down last year. Um, expected big things. <laughs> Didn't quite eventually. Uh, Jonathan Marsh, big defender. So, <laughs> no, it's Jordan DeGalloway at about 430k. Um, I'm going to back him in every year until he gets it right. I won't pick him until about round 15 this year when he's averaging 110 and everybody else is jumping on. And uh, yeah, can't wait to see what Jordy does this year. You're a star, mate. Absolute star. The badges in the mail. Can't wait to get it. Beautiful. Bonfa. Um, I certainly would not even contemplate starting any of these mid-prices uh, that Colin would have to offer, but uh, I kind of like, if I have to go with one, um, I'm going to go with, um, actually, I don't even want to pick anyone, to be honest. Um, they're all kind of crap. Um, but I'll go with Brandon Maynard, just simply because, um, let's see what he's, let's see what he can do up in the midfield, up on a wing, delivering that ball inside 50. He's got a good left foot on him. He's fairly tough. Um, let's see what he can do further up the ground. Uh, the other one that I like is... the I do like Maynard too, actually. I think he'll spend his time as a winger, like you just said, Bombs. Um, but Adam Oxley, uh, 260k, so pretty cheap. We did delist him and then re-pick him up. Um, I, he's played football before, and I think he'll have that hunger in the belly. We'll get a, a shot throughout some stage of the season um, and could definitely up that price and almost be used as a bit of a cash cow. So that one was a little bit dirty on me. Uh, Bretta, your pre- primo? Excuse me. Um, my premium... Look, it's Scott Pendlebury because he's very, very silky, but you guys both know that I'm not going to be starting with Pendlebury this year. I don't like the fact that they're saying he's going to play off the half-back line. I don't see him averaging what you think. But I still think he's Collingwood's best player. I don't like Grundy because Mason Cox is going to play a lot. Buckley's apparently said. So that really hurts his output. It hurt it last year. And um, the options are a little bit better this year in the ruck. Um, so Pendlebury is the guy if you're going to go with one. But I won't be. I don't... Look, the Pendlebury comments that come out the other day that you know they're going to, he's going to be sharing the ball around more and getting people involved... Why he's out on the football field, that is the last thing he's going to be thinking about. He's going to be thinking about winning. Buckley needs Pendlebury in the guts if the Pies have any chance of making the eight and him him keeping his job. So I find it astounding that people are worried about Pendlebury going to halfback. And this talk happens every single year. Every year. And the last, you know, one or two seasons, he's been more hindered by injury small niggles than he has about a, a role. Um, yeah, oh, Pendlebury, for me, is safe as houses. Bretta, uh, Bonfa, sorry, mate. Um, 
yeah, I'm going to move away from Scott Pendlebury there because someone who I think will average better than him is Adam Trelaw at 557,000. I started with Trelaw last year. Now, I wasn't too impressed, uh, I guess, with his total output last year, but you know what? Uh, I've got to be a tough critic because he still ended up averaging 100. Uh, what did he average last year? 101. So, I mean, look, he's still averaged over 100. I guess it wasn't his best year, but you know what? Priced uh, at an average of 101 and considering for the three years before that, didn't dip below 105 average. Um, I'll back him to kind of turn it around and uh, get himself back towards that 110 average uh, this year. Yeah, it could definitely jump out at us and be the one that everyone regrets because everyone was big on the hype of his back end of last season as well. If he can get back to that form, um, he'd almost be a steal and a great point of difference if someone took the risk. We'll yeah. touch on some questions because there's a fair bit of it going on. Um, any rookies outside Stevenson and Murray to consider at the pies? Well, what about Kyle? Kyle, Kyle Kirby? Kirby. Uh, if Darcy Moore moves to centre half back, which is what the talk is, does Kirby get a spot? Definitely could. He killed it in the VFL, but he had that one game last year where I don't think he had a touch or he had one handball for the whole game. So mm. if he can get that sorted out, I don't know what kind of nick he's in the off season. Um, but yeah, he definitely could. Um, is Taylor Adams worth putting into the midfield consideration? Played 22 games and only fell below 106 times last year. Can I say, I hate these kind of questions. Because we had him as a defender last year, like, you just kind of just, like, love him. And then he loses defender um, sort of status, and now he's a mid-only. And you're kind of hesitant to pick him as a mid-only because you could previously get him as a defender. I don't know if you boys have that same sort of feeling. So on the basis of, like, having those kind of feelings sort of just running through my brain. Uh, I'm saying, no, don't pick Taylor Adams. But on the other side of the coin, you look at his output, his average. He averaged, a, wasn't he the highest averaging Collingwood player last year? Yeah, I think so. It was. He was the highest averaging. And, and we're saying yes to Trelaw and yes to Pendlebury. And you know what? We probably even consider Grundy. And, and here is Taylor Adams who banged out scores better than, than all of them last year. So he certainly, if you if he kind of didn't have that hesitation about losing defender status and now he's a mid-only, you'd... You'd certainly say, well, yeah, why not? I don't think I don't think it makes a difference. I think if you want to take that as a pod, go for it, Brett. Hundred and seven average, played twenty two games. He's going to live in the midfield. It's not the worst pick in the world, but yeah, like you, like Bonfer said, that's that thing in the back of your mind that you had him as a defender, then automatically rubbed away because of the midfield status. So I don't think many will start with him, but it's not a terrible option. Pendles goes down back. It just means he's getting more of the ball. Um, yep. Ross Martin, surely Trelaw has worked on his decision-making over the summer. He burnt me last year, but tempted to get him as a pod. Oh, I don't know if you can really work on decision-making. I don't know if that's uh, something that you can go and train, Ross. Um, maybe skills. Yeah, they'll put him in tricky situations and he has to adapt. I don't think his decision-making was his, was his problem last year. I think it was his execution by foot. He was just... Do you, know, do you know what I think the other problem was as well? The... Old mates, uh, champion data. Now we all know my affiliations with them, but uh, they were just not spreading any sort of love anywhere near him um, last year. Adam Trelaw. Now this is what I've heard. He's on a big pay deal at Collingwood, right? And he, he wasn't happy. Apparently, he selected himself in his own team last year, um, Trelaw. And uh, this is just rumours, so none of this is, uh, you know, gospel. But I've got very, very strong rumours about this. We actually slipped champion data a few checks over the summer. And uh, what I heard is that he may be getting a little bit of that bias swinging his way uh, through the through the winter as it kind of comes up to it for footy season. Isn't it great that we've got 
an expert like Bomber who is so close with champion data. Mate, <laughs> you guys are. Who's your number one friend on MySpace? Who's your number one friend on MySpace? Champion data. Champion data. Yeah. Last but not least, Daniel Wells? Question mark. Anyone, Daniel Wells? No. I don't know. No, scares me. Serious question. I don't think he can play more than 16 games in a season. So it's a big no for me. All right, Elitus, that's all we have time for for your Carlton and Collingwood podcast. We'll be back on Sunday kicking you Outlandish off. call? Oh, yeah, outlandish, outlandish call for the boys. Yeah, apologies. Just thought we'd try all to good. wrap it up. Go, Brett. No, up. that's right. To go into average 110. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now, with Brett's love, his extreme love for the pies, I reckon he's not picking any more than two Collingwood players this year. Now, that is a huge call, because yeah. I don't think there's been a season where he's run any less than five in any one year. That's a big statement. <laughs> I've currently, currently, boys, uh, got the big donut, big zero. The biggest so. yeah. ever. Um, <laughs> my outlandish statement, pies make the eight. Keeps <laughs> that's an outlandish. Oh, that's more outlandish. That's better. <laughs> and Kyle Kirby with Coleman. That's yeah. it. Yeah. All right, Alitas, thanks for listening. Uh, we, like I said, we'll be back on Sunday with our Freo and Essendon podcast. Peace out, community.